Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And I, I feel like if so many, like you said, took down that shield and realized that like, you're going to mess up, you're going to say the wrong things, but like, learn, right? Like learn from those mistakes and like, say, okay, what, what do I need to do differently? Like, how can I be differently to show up better, um, you know, for yourself and the other people around you? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Conversations Brewing. Vivisha and I are so excited because today we have another guest who is a friend of ours and also an amazing therapist and a colleague for me. Her name is Emily Brennan, and we are going to be discussing um, interracial friendships because I don't know if a lot of you know this, but July is BIPOC Mental Health Month, and BIPOC stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. So today we're going to talk about friendships as it's a really big part of mental health. So yeah, Rabisha and I were talking about this idea of interracial friendships, and I'm looking forward to having this conversation with Emily, Rabisha. Yeah, me too. I think this is going to be a great episode. Um, right before we even started recording, I was telling Divya how I feel like this topic is so important to be talked about, um, just because in general, I feel like in friendships, race isn't brought up as much and it can be sensitive and hard to bring up. And so we are kind of going to explore that today with Emily and um, because Emily, so obviously Divya and I are people of color and Emily is not, she's white. So we're going to have like a different perspective today on the podcast. And I'm really excited about the conversation. Me too, because a really big part of our podcast that we talk about is authenticity and growing into our own selves. And I know for me, it was so hard balancing my authenticity as a person of color in my relationships, especially in my friendships with white people. Because we, like you said, right, we don't really talk about race. And, you know, as social beings, relationships and friendships are so important to our overall mental health and how we relate in the world. So I think it'll be a really good conversation to have with Emily, especially because, she is such an advocate in anti-racial work and social justice. And so in both her clinical work, I've seen Emily be very big in learning about her white privilege, how to unlearn her own biases, how to be compassionately curious toward people of color. And I see that in her clinical work, but I also see her that in her friendships. Like Ravisha and I have witnessed that with Emily a lot. And, you know, she doesn't assume to know things about our race and identity. She's always asking questions. She's always being curious. And that's something I really appreciate about her. And I think that she'll be able to have a really candid conversation about it. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit more about Emily and I guess her, her bio, we can get into the nitty gritty stuff of it. Yeah, well, not only is she our good friend, but um, Emily is also originally from Chicago, but now is a Phoenix Phoenix-based licensed therapist who specializes in trauma and eating disorders. And she also has a podcast of her own called Because We Went to Therapy. So um, make sure to check that out. Also, we'll link it um, when this episode is released. Yeah. And so even in Emily's podcast, she discusses her own white privilege a lot. And that's something I know I reiter- I'm reiterating on that, but I really appreciate about her. And she's really candid. And so she's done, I know she's going to be doing that in this episode. And so, yeah, I mean, I want to preface it that, you know, it's normal if you have any feelings or, you know, anything coming up of discomfort when we're discussing race. Race is something that we just don't talk about as a society, but is so important in our identity formation and just building deeper connection with people around us. Cause the more we know about the people around us and their racial experiences and whatever that comes with the deeper in connection, we can get to them. So if you do end up feeling a little bit uncomfortable or recognizing your own biases, that's totally fine. I honestly encourage you to lean into that. I know for me, when I recognize my own kind of like stereotypes or biases, it feels really uncomfortable at first, but that's the first step in learning and unlearning. And so I think to really lean into that. And if those feelings come up, that's actually a good thing. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I wanted to say that as well. Like sometimes it can just feel so uncomfortable to talk about these things. And especially when you are only learning about these things yourselves, like 
you know, no one is saying that they're an expert on race. I think it's an evolving and growing thing that we're educating ourselves on. And so that's okay. Like, you know, no one is telling you to be an expert, but as long as you put in some of the work and start educating yourself, I think that's all that matters. Totally. Okay. Great. I'm excited for this. So yeah, keep tuning in and you will hear all about this conversation with Emily and I look forward to you listening more. All right, guys, we have Emily with us now, and we're so excited. Um, Like I said, she is a really good friend of both of Dig and I's, and she's also a licensed therapist. And so, Emily, hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. It's so fun recording a podcast together. I know. And we... um, And you have your own podcast, too. So, like, this is, like, so fun. Like, you're a guest on one now. I know. (laughs) <laughs> we all have podcasts. It's so fun. <laughs> um, before we get started with our discussion today, Emily, do you just want to, we did introduce you already, but do you want to give like a quick background um, on yourself before we get started? Sure. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned that I have my own podcast. It's because we went to therapy and I um, am a licensed therapist in Arizona. I specialize in trauma and eating disorders, but I kind of see everything. That's just what kind of I feel like every therapist's niche kind of just comes to them at some point for like different reasons. Debbie, I don't know if you can relate, but that's definitely the case for me. Um, having struggled with my own trauma and eating disorder. So it kind of just like that's what I um, fell in love with helping people recover from. So that's a little bit about me. Um, I'm also getting married in October. So I'm really yeah. excited for that. <laughs> Nothing to do with anything, but I just like to I just like to say it. But it's a big part of what is going on in your life right now. So I'm so yeah. glad that you hear that. You're like full on planning a wedding right now. Full on. I'm like in between sessions. I'm like, okay, what is that other thing I need to get off my checklist? Like it's (laughs) crunch mode because it's only three months away. Oh my gosh. Yay. We're so excited. We're obviously attending Emily's wedding. So we're pumped. Yes. (laughs) Pumped to have you guys. Well, um, can you tell me a little bit more also about like before we get into some of these questions for you, how you started to be so open about discussing issues of identity and race? Because that's how Arvish and I had said in our intro that we thought you were a perfect guest for this because you've been so open about your own work and um, passion toward anti-racism and social justice, not only in your clinical work, but in our friendship as well. So can you tell me a little bit about like what got you into that and why you're so passionate about that and how you've become such an advocate? Sure. Um, so I think of like a it starts from like the beginning of my life because I was born and raised in the city of Chicago. Like I know a lot of people say they're from Chicago, but like I actually lived in Rogers Park. Um, so right outside of Chicago. And like I don't know what Rogers Park is like these days, but when I was growing up, it was very diverse. Like I went to a um private Catholic school, but I was like as a white person, one of the minorities. <clears throat> Like my, it was like a group of like, you know, when you're a kid, you have like girl and guy friends. Not that you don't now, but like I thought it was so cool having guy friends um, in like third grade. But like my, one of the girls was Hispanic. One of the girls was black. And then one of the guys was black. And then one of the other guys was Hispanic. So like my friend group was just very diverse growing up. And I've talked to my parents about this, but they never like, said like, oh, that's a black person or like, oh, that's a brown person or oh, that's a Hispanic person. Like we weren't really taught those things. And like, I don't know if that was like good or not, but like we weren't really taught. So like, I didn't really see a difference in not like the whole, I don't see color thing, but just more in the difference of like, they were just like my friends, like my sister's best friend, she was black and she had two, two gay dads. Right. And like, we didn't ever think anything of it. So I really feel like growing up in Chicago, like in the city city, like helped me realize that we're all, you know, we're all people. And there's a lot of things that I obviously learned as I grew up, but like, it was super normal for me to have friends of all different colors. Like, I don't even think I had a white friend until I moved to the suburbs because it was just so, um, so normal for me to be surrounded by people of color. So I feel like that was a big part of who I am today is just growing up in a city and growing up with parents who, were raised in like really racist households. And for some reason they were able to break the cycle and not make it so that like, oh, you can't be friends with people of color or like you can't, you know, we don't associate with them. Like it was never like that growing up. Um, 
And then moving to the suburbs was kind of like a reverse culture shock because I went to a school with no people of color. Like there was one person of color and she was bullied so hard she had to leave. So like it was like so crazy going from this very diverse school that I loved to this school that I like one had no people of color and I also hated it. So it's kind of like early life. What was it like for you in terms of like growing up? Because I feel so many people in friendships, they turn blinders to race. And that's one thing that I find so great about you is that in your friendship with me and Ravisha, you've never turned a blinder to race. You've always seen us both as people of color and been curious about our own upbringings as children of immigrants. And I feel like in those kind of situations, it can be so easy to be like, I'm just not going to look at color. But what had you see that there was a role that actually needed to be played in understanding people's identity development? Because I think that's so important and really different that sets you apart from a lot of white people that I know. Yeah. Um, well, I think going to going to grad school to be a therapist, like, completely transforms you. Like, I know, Divya, we've talked about this before. And Ravisha, I know you're in the mental health field as well. Like, I you basically have to like unlearn everything you've ever been taught to become a therapist, like not just about like cultural things, but about like yourself. Right. And like, we had a lot of classes that were about cultural diversity or like working with people of color. So like I learned so much in my graduate program and just realized that you can't turn a blind eye to race. Um, I mean, people do unfortunately, but like for me, I couldn't because I saw that like, not that I only saw this in grad school because I was like aware of a lot of things that were happening to people of color in this country before, but I feel like grad school really opened my eyes and that like people of color are oppressed and oppression creates mental health problems, right? So I think from like that perspective, not that, you know, oppression, even if it didn't, would be okay. But I think from that approach, it was like, well, for somebody who like hates to see human suffering and realizing that there's this whole group of people that suffers a lot of the times directly because of the color of their skin or where they're from. And like, it was hard for me to wrap my mind around like why there's so much hate towards people of color. Because for me, it was just like, one of the reasons I think I'm open about it is because I don't know what it's like to be a person of color. So why would I immediately just hate somebody because of their skin color instead of being curious like I really consider myself like a really curious person like when I have a client sitting in front of me like I want to know everything about them I want to like hear their whole story I want to understand their child and understand everything and so I feel like and you guys can let me know if this is accurate from your stance but I feel like just being curious has like really helped me understand well I'll never understand fully right but like understand a little bit more about what it's like especially in America to be a person of color and to be an immigrant right like I don't have that experience and so I think being curious about it has helped me um, learn so much more like listening and then doing um, all that work in grad school to realize that like I of course had my own biases and I had to work actively to turn those biases off as much as I can. Yeah. I, and I really respect that curiosity too. Um, because like you ask questions, like even for us, like with our Indian culture, like you don't hesitate to ask about like anything that's like when Divya got married, like she had all these like things with the Hindu ceremony going on and like, you didn't hesitate to ask. And like, I respected that a lot because instead of like, questioning it or like not really like understanding it you were like oh I want to learn about this you know I want to be aware with what's going on and I think like a lot of people choose to just ignore um things instead of like trying to like maybe educate themselves on some of these things Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely like I'm a curious person by nature so I want to know everything about my close friends, especially, right? And like your um, Indian culture is such a big part of your identity, right? So I don't want to ignore this huge part of your identity um, just because it may be uncomfortable, right? Like I, it may be uncomfortable to learn about, like I texted Divya the other day about the um, partition. Is that what it's called? I had no idea that existed. Yeah, Yeah. I literally, we didn't learn about that in school that I can recall. And so I texted Divya and I was like, oh, like, did your grandparents or parents talk to you about this? Because this is so, I mean, it's horrible, obviously, but it's so fascinating to learn about something that I had no idea about, right? So just that like curious mindset, I think that I've always had, I want to apply it to my friendships too, and just people in general, because like I said before, I'll never understand what it's like to be a person of color. 
However, I want to listen and learn and be an ally. Yeah. Because even in friendships, I mean, that's, I like how you mentioned, because it is such a big part of our, our identity. It is like, is our identity the way like we're viewed in the world is different as a person of color. And I've been in so many white friendships that have not really acknowledged me being Indian. And I'd read this study that it's from 2014. So I mean, eight years ago, but still it's wild. It was that three, three out of four white people did not have a person of color as a friend, which is like, I mean, it's not surprising, though, like I see, so, especially in adulthood, I see so many like people of color kind of stay together as friends, like white people stay together as friends. And I just think as how we're raised to the language we have around race and identity becomes I guess, more advanced, the older we get, but then people stray away from it. Like when we're younger, it was so elementary that we didn't know how to talk about it. So no one talked about it. And then like people of color and white people were just so open in their friendships. And then as we got more advanced in that kind of knowledge, people started to just like turn a blind eye on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I think as like, like you just said, Divya, like as kids, like you know, we're taught that like racism is bad and like, you know, we're given all these examples and then we don't talk about it a lot in adulthood. Like it's, you know, I will even admit like up until 2020, like after like, you know, Black Lives Matter movement, like I didn't really talk much about race. And like, not, that was like truly when I started to educate myself more on like terms and like just more about this stuff, because like the education I got in school about racism was like not enough. And like everyone realized them too. Like that was, that was nothing. There's so much more to learn. And yeah, like, I think for most of our young adulthood to adulthood lives, like, we just ignore um, race in general, or, like, racism, and, like, you believe um, your own viewpoints, and, like, kind of stick to them, and and then you stick with people that have the same viewpoints. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then we don't end up being in very many, like, interracial friendships, which is why I think it's so cool having the three of us here, is because we're not only, like, all, yeah, professionals and colleagues, but we're all actually friends, and, like, mm-hmm having someone like Emily be so curious has been honestly like very, for me, like healing in my own journey with identity. I was visiting Emily like a month or so ago and we were talking about this at dinner about how with my wedding, it was kind of like this corrective emotional experience of identity and race for me because I used to be so, I think like shameful around my Indian culture because I had a lot of white friends and people didn't really validate my identity, not in a way that I don't think people like didn't want to, but maybe they didn't have the language for, or that I was just like one of their people of color friends. So they were like, I don't really know if I should like talk differently about identity than I do with a different white friend. I'm not going to like assume any of the whys, but I remember having a lot of anxiety around, oh my gosh, this wedding is really highlighting that I'm I'm Indian. I'm like a person of color. This wedding is fully different than what any of my white friends are going to have. And I was telling Emily at dinner that like having everybody's so excited and curious and wearing the Indian clothes and dancing and like listening to the Indian music that was really healing for me because I felt like that curiosity was coming up and people were asking more questions and so I think that really shows the healing power of really discussing race and identity but I also had read this in in this article that race is often brought up by the person of color and like why do you both think that is it's not usually brought up by the white friend it's brought up by the person of color I think because like um, the person of color like feels like that they need to address it like you know like that it shouldn't like you know if sometimes if you're the only person of color in a group of like friends or something like you do feel like oh you need to bring it up instead of like not like acting like you know you aren't a person of color. Yeah I mean yeah I think my perspective is um, gonna be different but I feel like it's because white people don't have to right like we're the majority. We don't have to bring up race if we don't want to, because we don't have to deal with that, right? Like we've never been um, through hard problems because of our race, right? And so I just feel like white people don't have to. And I thought it was really interesting how in that article, they were talking about how like when white people have people of color friends, they like immediately think that they're like, good, right? Like, okay, I have a person of color friend. And it's like, as I've learned, like, that's not enough to make you like anti-racist, right? Like you have to do your own work just because you have people in your life of color doesn't mean that you're anti-racist. And so I think that's a little bit off the topic, but I just don't think white people have to, you know what I mean? Like, Ravisha, you were saying like, 
people of color maybe feel like they have to bring it up if they're especially if they're the only person of color in their group but maybe for white people it's like well I don't have to bring it up because mm. I don't want to or like that's gonna make me uncomfortable or like I don't want to be portrayed as racist if I bring up a question mm. about that's like another whole thing I feel like why a lot of white people and not excusing it but I just feel like that's a lot of white people don't talk about it is because they don't want to be perceived as racist by like asking the wrong questions or saying the wrong thing and like there definitely are the wrong things to say right but I feel like if you're a genuine person and like you have a relationship with this person like just being curious about like oh like like your ceremony stiv like I had never seen Indian ceremonies before I had you know I'd seen you wear your Indian clothes before and like pictures and stuff but never like in person so just really curious about like all the things and like reading your I think you printed out for the wedding I like read that whole thing because I was like this is so fascinating to learn about an entirely different culture than my own yeah and you're having such a positive experience from it too that it's like I wonder what it would be like if more people just brought it up like it's something that is so often ignored like race and identity and friendships and honestly I feel like the friendships that we've had it's really deepened the more that you asked me about my culture and you asked me about my race because I feel for so many years of my life, I didn't bring that up with any of my white friends because it's like, even if I kind of did, like it would just end the conversation. I'd always like dip my toes in the water and like kind of bring up my culture and race. And if people ask more questions then I would keep talking about it, but if the conversation kept going, I'd be like, okay, like maybe this is the level of our friendship we're at, but it can be such a catalyst too in connection by just like being curious. And I wish more people did that. But I mean, I, I, like you're saying, like fear, I think stops people. Yeah. And like, from my perspective too, like I just stuck with like my own kind of people, like, cause like, I did not want to like, like have to explain certain things about my culture to people. So like, honestly, like in high school, like I only had like mainly Indian friends and even college and like, it's funny. I was telling Emily this, like Emily's wedding is going to be like the first white wedding I go to. And like, that is so crazy to me. Cause like in the past year, I've been to like, maybe like 10 weddings. A million. <laughs> All my weddings are weddings. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's, it's different. Like Divya's, like Divya's perspective, my perspective and um, Emily, your perspective, like we all like kind of dealt with it in like such different ways growing up. And like, that's why I think now it's like so important to have these kinds of conversations because like, I mean, it's like vulnerable to admit that you don't know like certain things about like racism and like, you know, I would like be the first to admit that there was a lot I didn't know. And like, I didn't know like what the right things to say were. And I didn't know like even like where to start to like even start educating myself. So like, that's why I feel like this is helpful maybe for people listening that like it's okay like we only know some of this stuff now because like we took out the time to really like learn and I think a lot of people are just uncomfortable with that these days of like you know not being the smartest in the room or like not knowing everything and like then putting up that wall Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was telling you guys about this earlier like I think for a lot of times when you bring up issues of race to white people, they get angry, right? And I I firmly believe that that anger is shame because white people have a horrendous history in terms of treating um, people of color, right? Like they, it's just, even from the day of the country was started, the way we treated Native Americans, right? And so I think a lot of people have internalized shame and as I'm sure you both know, but for those who don't listen, like shame is like a, debilitating emotion like you can't do anything with shame like it's just so unhelpful and so I think it comes out as anger when like I've tried to have conversations with friends or family members about issues of race and like they just get so angry and it's like if we could just like take back some of that shame and anger and realize that like I'm not calling this person who's alive in 2022 like I'm not saying you're the responsible for slavery, right? Or like for the partition, right? Like for any of the horrible things that have happened in the, in the country, it's just like, if we want to be better, we have to. And the article was talking about this, like let go of our ego and realize that like, again, take that curious standpoint to be like, well, what do I have to do to do this anti-racist work? Like, what do I have to do to let go of some of that shame and some of that guilt or any of the other things that you may experience as a white person to more understand and do the work to become anti-racist? Not that it's ever over, but. Mm -hmm. 
it makes so much sense why even there are not a lot of interracial friendships because we talk a lot about interracial relationships like romantic relationships but if you think about it, it wasn't even that long ago that like schools were segregated right and like white people are probably growing up of being like oh like we stick with our kind and then people of color were probably sticking with quote-unquote their own kind for safety and when we think about it in like the history of the united states it really is not that long ago and so i feel like it makes kind of it sadly makes a lot of sense why they're not a lot of interracial friendships or if there are interracial friendships I would say a lot of them can end up being surface level unless there's like intentionality. I have like, I think the white friends that I have who are still really close to me now, it's because they've been really intentional in understanding me, my culture, my racial background. And again, I think 2020 took a really big turn for it because people silence as a person of color in friendships, like that was seen. And Rubisha, I don't know your experience with that too, because like she had mentioned, Ravisha and I had very different upbringings of friendships. Like Ravisha stuck a lot with, she's kind of like staying with groups of South Asians who look similar to her. And for me, like Ravisha was always my only really South Asian friend. And I had a lot of white friends. So the, I think the 2020 for me was a really big shift in those because the friends who'd asked and checked in and were just like, can I learn more about being a person of color? Like, what is that like for you? Like, those are the friends that I was like, wow, they, those are people like I really want in my life. Yeah. And like, even though most of my friends are like South Asian, like an Indian, like me, like we still like all discussed, um, like racism, like, and that was like, and this is what some of my friends I've been friends with for over 10 years, never discussed racism, like never brought it up. Like it was never something obviously like discussed. And like, when we all sat together and talked about it, I was like, like, you know, obviously we all had like, um, pretty similar views. So it was like, not, not that we had to have a hard conversation, but all of us sat around and we we're like, oh, we have to really educate ourselves. And we, you know, even though we are people of color, like we still need to like be more aware. And there's like still so much like you know, like Emily said, like there's like articles and documentaries that you can watch, I think that like can really further educate yourself. And like that, that and like that was like eye-opening for me because I was like, okay, I'm not the only one. And, you know, like my other friends like also are kind of doing that same work. And so that was that was like helpful and nice too to, to know that as well. But yeah, like it and that was like kind of my perspective on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like 2020 was just so transformative for, uh, you know, there's obviously so much more work that needs to be done, but I lost friends because of the 2020 and just realizing that some people around me's values don't align with mine. And I read this somewhere and I wish I remembered where, but I read this somewhere that white people perpetuate racism when they say like, agree to disagree on things like racism or like human rights issues. Um, I don't know if either of you had heard that, but I was like, that really hit home for me because I was like, yeah, like, I feel like that's just like, you can agree to disagree on certain things. But now when it comes to like treating people with decency or like human rights or like not being killed by police officers, like those aren't like disagreements over like what kind of like music you like, like those are fundamental, at least for me, those are fundamental things. Um, and so I lost a really good friend because I realized that our values just didn't align. And for me, like that was hard, but I realized, you know, that I don't want to be with close with somebody who has values that I believe are harmful, right? Like I believe, like I was saying before, like I understand what oppression does to a human being. Um, you know, from my studies and, you know, being a woman and just different things. And so I can't perpetuate that. And um, by staying friends with somebody with different views as me, maybe that's not the case for everybody, but I'm just speaking like personally, that's how I felt. Well, yeah, because it's, it's like, it's not like, oh, do you like mustard or ketchup better? It's, you know, like something that's like, so um, deep rooted, like that it um, shows like your core values. And like, Debbie and I have talked about this before, like, these are like strong things that you hold true to like opinions that you hold true that how you feel about. And so, you know, it's unfortunate that you did like lose a friend over something like that, but like, it also seems like you are talking to all your friends about this kind of stuff. And like, if they aren't on the same page, you're kind of like digging into why and Mm -hmm. helping them. And like, that's, that's also somewhere to like a good place to start as well. Like, 
I think a lot of people don't want to do that, you know, because a lot of people aren't willing to grow and change and just listen and learn and change their viewpoints. And so for me, like, it's important that the people I surround myself with, um, like, we don't need to agree on everything, but like, when it comes to core values, like that's, and I feel like I get to be like that because these are my friendships. Like, I feel like there's like a lot of like shame. I don't know if you guys saw this, but like in 2020, it was like, you can't not be friends with someone just because they vote the way that you don't want them to vote. And it's like, well, why not? Like, these are my friendships. Like, I think I should get to decide like who I surround myself with. I feel like it's all about assumptions too. Like we all make assumptions. We know everything. And even with asking questions, I'm how you were like, that deep in your relationship even for me like and Ravisha when you were like oh it felt good to that you weren't the only one like I was learning too because I feel like we'll never know like I could never know like I don't know the experience of a black person right like I'm never gonna know that even to learn people like experience as a white person and then like someone's experience as an immigrant or someone's experience being in the LGBTQ population like people's identity is so heavily shape how they are they experience the world that there's like endless learning about it so it's almost like I think that makes me feel better about asking questions on these because it's like no one is ever going to hit this destination of learning like we all are continuously learning and I think when we do exactly what you said Em and just be empathetic and kind of like drop the shield we need to have it all right we all can connect so much deeper and like our friendships and our relationships because like nobody knows because we can't know what another person's going through like hit talking about race like hits a lot I don't know. There's a lot of things even that you both were saying that I would take a step back and be like, well, like, yeah, I let that marinate in my mind for a while. So even for our listeners, yeah. I want to say like, with that, that just happened there, we both were all, I like saw everyone's faces. We all were like, wow, like kind of just think like, I just saw you both were thinking. And it's like, this is a topic that people should be doing that too. It's yeah. like taking a step back and thinking and like, when talking about race, we don't always have to respond. We don't have to know the right answers because there's really not one. Like you have to be learning. And so I'm honestly really glad that moment had just happened because I think it's good yeah. to step back and listen and think. And you know what exactly what I was thinking? I was like, I was thinking, oh, geez, I like, I hope I've like come across the way that I'm wanting to and haven't said any of the wrong things because, you know, just because I do like try to do as much anti-racist work as I can doesn't mean I know everything. It doesn't mean I'm always going to say the right things or get it right. But like, like you guys were saying, it's a journey, right? And, but that was still like, even though, um, we're having this conversation I was still in my head being like okay I really hope I'm not like saying anything wrong or like I'm coming across right so it's like but that's okay like I'm not gonna let my own uncomfortableness or my own anxiety about potentially like messing up obviously like I'm not saying anything like outwardly you know horrible but it's like I'm just you know talking to two people of color right I'm like okay I'm wanting to come off as the way that I you know truly feel and believe but I don't want my own uncomfortability and anxiety to prevent me from having these conversations and I I feel like if so many like you said took down that shield and realized that like you're gonna mess up you're gonna say the wrong things but like learn right like learn from those mistakes and like say okay what what do I need to do differently like how can I be differently to show up better um you know for yeah. yourself and the other people around you because that shows how much you care too like I value that when you ask questions or in anyone honestly when they do say something that maybe was like hurtful to me or offensive or I said like like kind of corrected them I really value when people are like oh my gosh like I'm sorry how can I do better versus like just be defensive about it because the first one is like really just admitting, you know, that you're not perfect, but that one also deepens connection. And I feel like that's why so many people end up not being in like interracial friendships or interracial relationships, because like when that defensiveness comes up, it's impossible to really connect to someone. So I actually think that's like really great that you do that. And I mean, that's why we wanted you to also be on this episode is like, not only as a professional, I know that you so highly value anti-racial and social justice work. It's like in our friendships too, like you've made the both of us feel so seen and validated and you've been so curious that it's only really deepened the friendship. And so that's, I mean, in that, that's my own feedback for you in terms of what you had just said. Yeah. I appreciate and like, that. I really admire you too, Emily, because like, I'm also like more on the silent side on these kinds of things like um always have been and trying not to be but like even if like having a discussion with someone and they said something that was culturally wrong like 
I would never correct them. I would just like, kind of like, whatever, like let it pass by. But like, I realized like I have to like take more of a stand in that. Like, even though like maybe I'm not fully offended by what they have said, it could offend someone else. And like, I should like make that effort to correct them. Like, that's what I've also realized that's not to be as passive about these things because like, just because like in my head before I was like, well, I feel this way. And like, I know that like, I'm like, you know, like an advocate for all this stuff, but like that doesn't, that, but that comes with like the work that you have to like, what, you know, you need to put out there in the world as well. Like, so that's why like when you're so vocal about like all these things, like I respect it so much. And like, I, again, admire it because like, I don't do that as much. Like I'm pretty like, Oh, like what keep it to myself or like have small conversations about it here and there. So like, I do think it's important to like voice these things more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I was, I think I was telling you did this a couple weeks ago that like, I used to like not post things on social media or like if, there were guys around me who were being like just straight up misogynistic, like not saying anything because I think as a white woman, there's this idea, whether it's like explicitly or implicitly told that like you're super close to having like all the privilege that, that exists in the world, not all of it, but you're super close. And so don't do anything that could get you out of the quote unquote in group. And so again, I don't, I don't, I was never told that like, you know, by anybody, but I just feel like there's this, because you see what happens to people who are quote unquote, not in the in group of straight white men. Um, there's this feeling that, okay, you, you, I, like I said, I used to not be outspoken. I used to not be vocal. And like, I've always felt this, like I've always been empathetic. So I've always felt this way, but I used to not say things. And I was trying to think um, when I was texting David about this few weeks ago, like what was like my turning point? I really, like, I can't pinpoint it. Um, I mean, maybe it was in 2016 when like, it was just so in your face, like, you know, with um, the, the president at the time. Right. And so just maybe that was it. But like, I, rem I remember specific times where I just like let people not let, but like didn't say anything back to people when they would say something misogynistic or racist. And like, I just realized that like, I can't, like you said, like use our voice for good. And I also realized too, that like I have white privilege. And so why not use that to stand up for people who don't have that, right? Or why not use that to be an ally? And like so many white people don't do that. And like, I really do think it's because like they're scared of not being in the in group, but like, I can't, again, kind of going back to like letting your own emotions prevent you from doing what I believe is the right thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's only strengthened our friendship like so so much and I know I keep repeating that but it's just like when you do that kind of work and that makes all the difference to people and like the way that you can connect by doing that kind of work is just like so valuable and I know you're not doing it because you're trying to like connect with people of color but just like having someone as like an ally in that kind of way and use their voice that is a way that I think in relationships friendships you can take it from being the surface level thing to like a really deep, a deeper friendship. And so I don't know, I just like really, really value that, that you do that and you're open about it and you use that. Cause it could be so much easier, honestly, for you to just like be quiet and like only be friends yeah. with white people and like not give, you know, obviously you can give a crap, but like not say anything like that would actually be the easier route for you to do that. But you choose to be an advocate. You choose to emerge yourself in other groups. You choose to learn about other cultures. You choose to be friends with people of color, learn about their experiences. And that's actually you taking the more difficult road. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and like, honestly, like majority of my friends are white. So it's like, I'm surrounded by white people who, and I just, I just got it. What is, it's not race, but the Me Too movement, that was a changing point for me because like, I care about all issues but like women's issues are like so deeply rooted into the core of who I am so I think me too was something that I was just like no there's just so much thing so much pain and so much um hurt in this world and it's perpetuated by mainly one group like obviously there's you know is issues in a lot of different groups but like I feel like at least in America like the main group right and I was like so I think 2017 was like the point where I was like I can no like this is too much like all these horrible things are coming out and like all these horrible things would be perpetuating by white people 
and white men and like that's mostly the people I surround myself with right like like my family obviously like I don't get to choose my family but my family like I've had with a lot of conversations with my parents are fights with family members because it's like I don't I don't want to stay quiet to these things when they're horrific like I just I can't stay quiet to them and so yeah maybe it would be easier like and you know I always joke that I'm like some of my family's least favorite because like I won't just let them say racist or like I keep saying won't let them they say it but I won't let them get away with it right like I'm gonna call them out on it and be like you can't say shit like that like that's that's not okay and like my dad's a really good example like he never said racist things but he used to use like gay slurs and he was like well that was how like we said um the f word all the time in sports and I was like okay dad but like you can't say that anymore like just because you used to say those things doesn't mean you can say them anymore right and like he he doesn't do that anymore like he really listened and was like okay yeah like that's offensive like I it wasn't offensive back in the day like in his mind right like I truly don't believe that he was meaning it to be derogatory and so I think someone explaining to him that like oh yeah, like, you know, saying the F word is, um, and I mean F-A-G, not um, F-A-C-K, but it's like that is derogatory and is offensive. And like, if you want to be a better person, you can't say things like this because it's just, it's not okay. And it was never okay, but it's, it's not okay anymore. Yeah. And being curious, compassionate, changing, that's like all it's about. Because again, no one is going to say the perfect thing. We're all learning about race. Like every day we're on our own journey for it, but like no one is going to be perfect in doing it. So it's like just being kind and changing. Like that's what it is. Like unlearning what we, what we knew from whatever kind of reason, like whether that's how we were raised, or that's what society said, and just like learning why it's harmful and just being open about it because discussing race is so important in these, in like friendships. And I guess I'm curious, like, to kind of like start to put all of what we're talking about into like actionable steps. What would you all like with the three of us, like if we can put our heads together and think about what are the benefits of being real about race? Because again, people are not real about race in their friendships and relationships a lot of the time, but like we're saying, yeah, it can deepen relationships, but what are some other things to maybe tell the people who are not talking about race with their people of color friends or people of color coworkers because they're worried about it? Like what are ways that we can tell them how it could be beneficial? I was going to say, like, I don't know if this is directly like telling somebody something, but something that I realized that I used to do is like um, create shame for people thinking that that would help them change, you know, like being like, you know, but like, we know that like shame doesn't create um, change. And I feel like I was actually listening to Dak Shepard um, on his podcast, he had Brene Brown on and he was saying like, one of the things that like, the quote unquote left does is like uses shame, like calls like the other side, like horrible people, like they're awful. And like, I'll admit I've done that before. And I'm not proud of that. But like, I have done that before. But I feel like having conversations where you're like, you're just like compassionately being like, you know, like, like kind of like what I would did with my dad, like dad, that's like offensive, not being like, you're so terrible for saying that. But it's like, that's offensive, right? And just kind of like explaining it in like a way that's like, not shameful, because ever since I listened to that episode with Brene Brown on um, the armchair expert, I was like, I feel like we like we as a quote unquote left, like can do that by like, because we're so angry that that's happening that we're just like, it turns into kind of like I was saying before, like shame turns into anger for some white people I feel like it's the opposite like sometimes we're just so angry that this is happening that we can like say shameful things or think shameful things and so again they're not really what like you ask but I feel like if you're having these conversations with your friends and especially like your white friends like not come from like a shaming like you're a terrible person but more just like like you were saying like why do you think that way like what's what's beneath like is there pain? And that's why there's hate. Like what's beneath the things that you're saying? Like, again, I feel like kind of coming back to that curious standpoint of like, why, why do we think these things? Why do we believe these things? Like, why do you perpetuate these things? Like, can we change coming from more of that, like compassionate, curious standpoint, rather than like, you're horrible. And like that, that's not, someone's just going to get defensive and that's not going to be helpful. Yeah. And most of these are learned behaviors, unfortunately, right? Like it's like passed down, like your parents and like your grandparents and like the people around you, like that's who you see mostly like while growing up. And like, and so like when it's like a learned behavior like that, like, like you said, Emily, like, of course they're going to be 
defensive and like feet like you know like and it's good it's like really hard to unlearn something that you've like known all your life and so I do think it's like you kind of have to start from like a fragile place and like really understand the person that you're talking to how they would perceive it and like what's the best way to talk to them about it because yeah like you can yell at someone and like tell them that they're awful and all that and like whatever like they heard what you said but like will it actually sit with them and like will they actually then like do something about it mm-hmm. yeah that's such a good point because just because we say something doesn't mean that someone else is gonna like take it in and I like that it, it's kind of similar to what I would do before when talking about more like cultural stuff like I feel like I would dip my toe in the water and be like all right like how are you going to receive this are you going to ask more or are you going to be like oh that's I don't know, like, so different or what, and and being curious about it. One thing that just keeps coming up for me is like, we talk about curiosity is Ravish and I, we talked about this on a different episode. Of, I remember I had, um, even in elementary school, I had a lot of white friends and at, at home, primarily, like my family would eat Indian food at home. Like my friend's parents would like make, you know, like pasta and stuff for dinner, but my mom would always make Indian food. So I was used to just like eating Indian food as like my dinner. And that never was like a weird thing to me. But I remember that like one day I had, uh, I went to school, I went to school, this happened two times, one time I went to school and then one time I had a white friend come over and it was like, oh, you smell so weird. And it's like, what is that smell? And to me, it just smelled like home. Like that was like Indian food, but it's like, Ravish and I talked about it in another podcast and before we would leave to go to school, we would take like perfume and it was so funny. It was like, you know, that Bath and Body Works, like body sprays, like I would take it from my mom's room and spray it all over my stuff. Like, and I, cause I was so embarrassed because people would be like, ew, what are you doing? Versus like now and I think about how you respond to things. I'm like, you're so curious about Indian food. You're like, oh, that sounds so good. Like what it is It was delicious that? at your wedding. Yeah, you're like, what's <laughs> that? Like, so it's just like being curious and like for, for people of color to like just dip their toes in and like let their white friends like see how they respond to things. And for the white friends, it's okay to ask questions. Yeah, so like, like, think about it, like, as a teenager, like, getting that kind of comment when, like, you're, like, you're an adolescent, and, like, everything matters so much at that time, like, time in life, and, like, when someone's making that kind of comment, it's, like, it, like, I mean, Debbie and I talked about this before, it's, like, it really brought us down, and it almost made us feel, like, shameful for, like, having Indian food cooked at home when, like, that was, like, the total norm, like, part of everyday life, and, like, the fact that, like, before we stepped out of the house, it was, like, oh, have to spray myself down, Cause you know, can't smell like Indian food. And like, that's just like, so disappointing to like think back on like that, that was something we had to do because someone thought we smelled weird. And like, mm-hmm. now everyone loves Indian food. Everyone, like, everyone like, on TikTok is like, this is how you can make some butter chicken and naan. And I'm like, where was that when you were all making fun of me in, in middle school? Yeah, literally, literally. Yeah. And I was just thinking like, if we take this like curiosity standpoint, because I feel like people view different as bad, mm-hmm. right? But rather just like, it's just different. And like, there's nothing wrong with, I feel like different is like a bad word almost, but it's like, it really doesn't have to be like, of course we're different. And of course we were raised differently and like grew up eating different foods. Like that's, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But if we like looked at our differences as rather like ways to learn and to grow, like um, Ashley and I, am I, co-host we had a South Asian therapist on the podcast and she was talking about like how like a lot of like therapeutic practices today are from um eastern countries right and so I was like that's like we had there's so much knowledge out there and so many like different cultures and so many different experiences I just feel like our knowledge pool and like our connections and our empathy could be so much greater if we like accepted differences and just saw them as what they are like not bad but just different but and then took that and like learned and grow growed that's not a word but I'm just like not speaking correctly because I feel I'm so passionate about like just this subject I say words wrong on here all the time okay (laughs) like I don't think it matters who cares we can make up our own words (laughs) yeah I do that in session too I mean this one client we always like say wrong words and then we're just like "Eh, it is what it is it's fine you get the point yeah (laughs) yeah it's so important to just like be it's be okay with being different like I would always try to be 
the same as the people around me. And that's been like the biggest work, honestly, I've been doing in my own therapy is like being comfortable and confident in my own like skin of what I wanted. And even like, Emily, you'll know this and Ruby shall know this too, in terms of like, I wanted to be the same as everyone, right? Like interracial, like it, I, I, I was so, I, I didn't want to accept my identity because it was like all the, the differences. And in my white relationships, it just identity wasn't talked about. I had a lot of shame around it. And I remember that I was like, I didn't, I was so shameful about Indian culture. And do you remember being like, when I met my husband at, and so I was like starting to kind of date him and this was like when we were in college and I remember being like I don't want to end up with him because he's Indian do you guys remember I would say that because I was like had all this internalized shame around culture and race and that just shows for someone like me that talking about race with my white friends like I I get like emotional a lot in therapy talking about it in the way of like I was so turning my back on just being an Indian being because of just responses and not in ways of anyone's doing it's just like the way societally you know people were just raised but like white people not asking about it or being in groups of all white people and I was the only Indian like I just wanted to be white so badly to fit in and I think in my being in my marriage it's been so healing because I've started to like love my Indian culture and like in all my white friendships everyone is so supportive like I don't at this point in my life of like my white friends I don't have a single white friend who does not ask about my Indian culture even like this weekend I went to a wedding and it's so cute because all of you now know like the day before people are like oh are you going to be at the Sangeet like you all yeah. like, know all these lingos Mindy. <laughs> yeah and I was like oh your Mindy looks so pretty it's just like to me it just I think when we talk about the benefits of being real about race like it is so emotionally healing like for me it's just I I really come more into knowing myself and I don't and you two are so close to me that I'm sure you both have kind of seen it like in my authenticity I think I've been able to be comfortable in my own skin because my friendships like our social connections and friendships really influence how we view ourselves too so if you start to see your people of color friends as who they are and their identity like that's really healing for them as well yeah, there's like nothing wrong with like embracing your culture and identity like in like your mid 20s. Like like yeah, like knowing Divya since like I was 11 years old. Yeah, she for sure was like the most whitewashed person ever. <laughs> and that's fine because like I've seen her growth with it. Like cuz like like she said she was really uncomfortable with being an Indian person and like for me that was like pretty unfathomable unfathomable. Um like I was like I always embraced my culture, like had no problem with it and stuff, but like her perspective is so different. And like, that's the thing, like, I, like I really like commend you on that to be like, you recognize that and you've done the work to like understand why. And like, who cares? Like now you're like 27 and embracing your Indian culture. And that's totally fine. Like there's nothing okay. wrong with it. Like you're growing, like yeah. you, you, it's like what Em said, like you, let yourself be curious and like explore your culture and like you did it like the way that you needed to do it for yourself instead of like because like I could never like force you to love Indian culture like I would just be like oh you don't like you don't know it it's okay like coming from you as another Indian than when my white friends started to ask about being Indian and being like that's so cool because for you I'd be like well obviously you were Indian clothes with me but then when my white friends would be like that's so weird. Or like, where are you going? Oh, what is that outfit? Like that like hit home, you know? And then like, I think when you see that growing up, you're like, whoa, and your white friends and interracially people accept it. You're like, okay, now I can be myself, which I know it's, you shouldn't depend on people, but it's wild. Like your upbringing. I mean, yeah. yeah, we're always like seeking validation from others, like, especially in our adolescent age. So when like, the, our friends around us are like questioning like the way that we like are brought up like that you want to escape that right away and like you did and there's nothing wrong with that like you understood like why that happened and then then the work on yourself for it came together on mm-hmm. yeah and I think just with these interracial friendships like that's why I really wanted to talk about it in this episode is because I don't know if there are other people of color who feel similar to me and their white friendships or any white people who maybe are like kind of in the stage of like I have a person of color friend and there are things about their culture I'm curious about I don't know how to ask them but like I really just want to emphasize that the asking can just like make all of the difference and it's so so healing to do that and it can really just like deepen 
the relationship. So it's just, it's, that's just the message. It's just like, I am a witness of that, of how people around me too. And in my relationships, in my interracial friendships, how that starting to be validating had helped me like discover my own identity. And like when, as you were saying that before, Divya, like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but my eyes started welling up because like, why wouldn't I like, want that for you right for you to like embrace a huge part of who you are and like and for us to get closer through that process like like why wouldn't I want that you know and like I just obviously my mind works differently than other people who might not understand that but from my perspective I'm like well I want my friends to embrace all parts of I want everyone to embrace all parts of themselves right and not feel shameful like that they're eating foods that are different than what um, someone else is eating. You know what I mean? Like I, like I said, I started tearing up because I genuinely want that for you, for you, Ravisha. Like I want that for everyone, right? To be able to get more in touch with all the parts of, you know, cause we have so many different identities. And so to get in touch with all those parts, like I feel like it would be healing if everyone did get in touch with the different parts of themselves, not just personally, but I feel like as a nation, it could be healing because I mean, we could go on forever, but there's so many things that people have internalized, right, that guide who they are and how they operate in the world. Yeah, we're supposed to be the melting pot of the country, right? <laughs> so like, think, like, just think of like, not just Indian culture, not just like white culture, like there's just so many cultures mixed in. And like, the people that we work with, even day to day, like everyone is like, you know, part of some, some kind of culture. And like, <laughs> no one should ever feel shamed for that. Like no one should ever feel shame for like how they were brought up or like, you know, like grown up, like if they were grew up in a different country and came here, like, of course you're going to bring things from like back home to here. Like the, and how we were raised by like our immigrant parents as well. Like they didn't really have like much knowledge on like how things went here. So like, yeah, I having compassion for other cultures is like so important. And like, just like understand, like, understanding that like everyone is different and like I like can't stress the curiosity thing like more like you know that's just it's just so true like be curious like be open to explore and learn and like educate yourself because like believe it or not it can really like shift your perspective on things internally and externally right like be curious why you're the way that you are and that you have the beliefs that you do and then be curious externally right about why other people you know have those beliefs because maybe they were raised differently or maybe you know they've gone through certain things like yeah I think we're all just emphasizing that curiosity and compassion towards like yourself when doing that work but then also towards other people yeah this is such a good yeah I've had like a lot of fun recording this but just so jam-packed of stuff and also just like talking about this we all this is stuff like the three of us actually like to our listeners we like text about this stuff we FaceTime for hours talking about this topic so it's just it feels really like genuine for us to just be talking about it now it just kind of feels like a conversation like Ravisha, okay, we'll be like at a restaurant and be like so let's talk about this <laughs> no matter where we are we're talking about something deep and a lot of times it is about like our different cultures yeah I, I just remember it was you know, one of our closing notes so me me Emily and Ravisha we had another friend we all went on a um trip in January together and I just remember all of us like sitting around the table and we were like explaining and talking about Indian culture to Em and she was asking like so many questions and about the different types of India. And this is actually really funny. Like I was talking about, Ravisha, I don't even think I've told you this story, but this shows you, you to all our listeners, like just about how being curious and compassionate, like you can really immerse yourself. And when Emily says these things, I'm like, oh damn girl, like you really listen. Like I was talking about one of Raja's cousins who there are different like types of Indian, right? And she was, I said like he was Punjabi and Em responded and she's like, isn't that the type of Indian Ravisha? <laughs> Like, I remember you were talking about that when we were on our girls trip. <laughs> yeah, she remembered. And so it's just like that stuff. It makes such a difference when you're curious, compassionate and ask. Yeah. And I love that because like, believe it or not, like, even though Divya and I are both Indian, we're like, she's South Indian, I'm North Indian. And it's so different. Like, that's already like so different in itself. So like, you know, like, Emily, the fact that you even know that like that difference, like means it means so much to us, like, for like, like, I think like, it like literally like opened up my heart even more because like, you know, this stuff, you know, like, 
because like you can so it's like crazy but like when you're an indian person like you don't like to be classified as just like an indian person you like to be classified from like where you are from india but like how are you going to spend like 30 minutes explaining that to someone you know mm-hmm. but you remembered so all about <laughs> the curiosity <laughs> you did spend the 30 minutes and i'm grateful um because i don't think it should be all on people of color to educate white people but when you do take the time like it only makes me want to learn more um and like i literally divya when i texted you about the partition i spent two hours reading about it so mm-hmm. i was so like this is so crazy this is one of the like the worst things that's ever happened in the history and like we don't learn about it. We don't nope. talk about it. So I was like, so I was so curious learning all about it and spent like two hours reading about it. Cause you like took the time, not only because of this, but like you responded and you were like, Oh yeah. Like my grandpa used to tell me stories. And so I was like, okay, I need to, I, I need to learn more. So it like really does like when you guys are willing to share and like answer all like the, what I believe, like maybe naive questions, it does make me just want to learn more. Mm-hmm. I love that about you. So if there's anything people take from this episode is let's all be curious and open-minded. Like let's be an Emily. (laughs) I'm no means perfect by by it, but I definitely try. Um, Yeah. I really hope you guys like could maybe take away something away from this conversation. I feel like we all like kind of like brought in our different perspectives on race and just like interracial friendships in general. So Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for coming on, Emma. It was so nice to have you. And yeah, not about going to have to come back on again. Yeah. I love to. I loved this conversation. I was looking forward to it all week. And um, thank you so much for having me. Okay. Thanks for coming on. We'll see you all next week. See you next week. Oh, and make sure to follow um, because we went to therapy on Instagram. Yeah, and all of Emily's stuff her in her podcast and her Instagram. It's going to be linked in our show notes. Yes, and we also, um, as we we were talking, we were referencing an article. We will also link that um, when this episode is up so you guys can reference that article. It's a great article everyone should read. Okay, bye. Bye.